0: Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6. We'll begin in verse 25 and go through verse 34. Again, that's Matthew 6, 25 through 34. I'll give you just a moment to find it in your pew Bibles. Parents with kids looking to send them off to kids' worship, you can go to the website fc2b.org, and when you go there, there's a resource uh, link that you can click, and there's a kid's resource, and there's some videos there for the kids so that they can engage in worship as well. So I encourage you to go to that. Hear now Jesus' words in the Sermon on the Mount and the Gospel of Matthew in the sixth chapter. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink. and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Let us go to God in prayer. O holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts Be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So this week has been different. The last seven days, things every 12 hours seem to escalate and constantly change. The plans and the decisions we made in the morning are no longer valid by nighttime. The way we can live When we go to work, that day changes by the time we make it home. The world is in a crisis mode right now. And with the 24-hour news cycle and a global pandemic and an economic fallout happening, it can send us into a spin of worry and anxiety. Now, here Jesus in his sermon tells us not to be anxious. And he does so three times. But the anxiety that Jesus is talking about isn't the clinical anxiety that many people suffer from. No, Jesus has an understanding for that. This anxiety, when we give it the biblical definition of not to worry, the the way Jesus uses it, the way Paul uses it in his letters, is to be that this anxiety is carrying concerns in such a way that we lose perspective in this life and or lose and lack trust in God. Anxiety, as Jesus defines it, is carrying concerns in such a way we lose perspective in this life, and we lose or lack trust in God. And three times here, as Jesus is preaching, he says, do not be anxious. Three times, Jesus reminds us, do not lose your perspective. Three times, Jesus reminds us, do not lack in trust of God. What exactly does it mean to lose our perspective, though? Quite simply, it means to forget that God is sovereign, that God's in control. It's to lose sight that our hope is not found in this world, but it is found in Christ. For you see, our life is more than what we worry about. Our life is to be one that trusts in God. In verse 26, Jesus says, Look at the birds. Look at the birds of the air. Jesus' prescription for our anxiety, for our worry, for our lack of perspective, and our uh, willingness to lose trust in God is to go birdwatching. He says, take a moment. Go look at the birds of the air. Study them. They fly around. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in a barn, yet your heavenly Father takes care of them. They're not busy watching Fox News or CNN to get the latest and uphold their anxiety. For they trust in God to be provided for. And so Jesus says, look at those birds. And doesn't your heavenly father care for you much more than them? Aren't you more valuable than the birds of the air? Now, Jesus doesn't give time for the people that he's preaching to to even answer or respond because the answer is an emphatic yes. Yes, you are more valuable than the birds of the air. And look how he cares for them. For you are eternally valuable. I want you to hear that again. You are eternally valuable to God. You are so valuable that in the midst of our sin, that in the midst of our rebellion against God and his statutes, he sent us Jesus to live. And he did so perfectly. And then to die, not for something he did, but for us, for our sins in the past, our sins in the present, and our sins in the future. And then he was resurrected three days later so that all those who believe in him will have eternal life. As we just sang together, all our hope is in Jesus. Look at the birds and see that they trust in God, and so can you. Three times, Jesus tells us do not be anxious, do not worry. And in verse 31 and 32, he says, because worry is exactly what unbelievers do. He says it in this way. He says, therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all those things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them all. When Jesus says the Gentiles seek after these things, remember he's talking to Jewish people who have come to hear him preach and he's saying the rest of the world worries about these things, not those who are God's people. That is not our characteristic. That is a characteristic of the world. And in verse 27, he says, And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? For not only does he say worrying is what the world does, not God's people, but he also reminds us that worrying and being anxious is counterproductive to having faith and living an abundant life in Christ Jesus. That it allows fear to begin festering in us. And suddenly, instead of being bold in our faith, we become cautious in our worry. Someone once said that worrying is like sitting in a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but you can't get anywhere doing it. Remember this. Anxiety, this worry, it's about losing perspective. It's about lacking and losing trust. In Habakkuk, in the first chapter, everyone's favorite book of the Bible, I'm sure you're all wondering where exactly it is. It's towards the end of the Old Testament. It's two chapters long. He's a minor prophet. And there, in the very beginning, he's crying out to God, saying, How long, O God? How long must wars go on? How long must evil go on? How long must there be injustice? How long must there be destruction? And you know what God says? says, He tells Habakkuk, I am doing something, but if I told you, you would not believe it. He tells us we wouldn't believe it, that we know right now in the midst of this global pandemic when the world and the news stations and everyone wants us to be as anxious as possible that God is doing something and he's doing something great right now. God is working for the good of those who believe in him. Right now, Jesus is still king. Right now, Jesus has not left the throne. The one who came and lived and died so that we might be saved is still on his throne. He has not forgotten us. He has not left us. And he has not forsaken us. Right now just as it was a hundred years ago, and just as it will be a hundred years from now. God loves you. God is there and caring for you. And there is nothing in all the world or under the world That could ever separate us not even a global pandemic from the love of god found in christ jesus folks this this is to be our perspective especially in days like these jesus he's the one we behold he's the one we look to he's the one we hold on to in these times because jesus is saying to us right now if you don't know god If you don't know the Father that cares for you and watches over you, then you do have a lot to be worried about. Then there should be anxiety in your life. But if you do know the Father, you have this relationship with the Father, you talk to the Father, you know the Father, you read His Word, you worship Him and come to Him and are reminded that he loves you. You have nothing to fear and nothing to be anxious about. Jesus says, your heavenly father knows what you need. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and these things will be added to you. Not only does he know what we need in this very moment, but he's gonna give it to us. He's not going to withhold the good that he has planned for us. For you see, the stores may be out of toilet paper, hand sanitizer, soap, and everything else you think you might need to last. But God does not run out of mercy, God does not run out of grace. When you need courage, God can supply it. When you need help, God is there for you. He does not have a supply chain problem. For God is in control. While the world may worry about what happens next, we know God and his unfailing goodness will reign. Just do what Jesus said. Look at the birds. Seek first his kingdom. And then Jesus says at the very end, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Folks, who knows what the situation will look like tomorrow? Who knows what the situation will look like this evening? So who knows exactly what they'll be saying on the news? None of us, none of us knows. And this can lead us to anxiety. This can lead us to fret and to worry, especially if we think it will get worse. But Jesus tells us the mercy God gives us today is sufficient for today's troubles. And there will be new mercy tomorrow for the troubles that come tomorrow. This is a promise from God. And so it is in this world of unknowns. The apostle Peter, when he writes his first letter in the fifth chapter, verse seven, he implores Christians, he implores believers. He says, cast all of your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. So, not only does Jesus tell us to not be anxious and give us a prescription to go look at birds and smell the flowers and see the goodness of His creation and who God is, but He reminds us in His Word through the Apostle Peter that we don't have to carry this burden. Our worries, our fears, our anxieties, we're called to give to Him. So that we don't lose our perspective. So you don't lose your life. So you don't lose your hope. For it's in Jesus Christ. Stop carrying your anxiety. Stop carrying your worries and give it to Jesus and live free, especially right now in this time and at this moment. So that your life may be used to shine the light and love of Christ to everyone. Just because we're called to be socially distant does not mean we are called to put out the light of Christ, to hide it in our house. Oh, no. We're going to let it shine. So go, show, and tell the world of our great God, and always celebrate the gospel. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, On this day that you have made, we will rejoice. We will be glad in it. For you sit on your throne. You have not left it. You have not left us. You have not forsaken us. So send us outside our homes to go look at the birds, to go look at the flowers so that we can be reminded you, our heavenly father, cares for us. And that you are there ready to unload that burden of anxiety and worry and fear we're carrying around. So that we may be free. So that we can live our life abundantly. Shining your light for all to see. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.